This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. Food, food, I would say, you know, lifestyle makes a huge difference for anything to do with health, but obviously the heart is a big one. And then exercise. So we want to make sure that we're getting enough exercise. Even if you can't exercise or you have limited mobility, just walking, anything that's going to get you moving and your heart beating. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll hear about the natural treatment of women's health issues. We'll learn about interior design for seniors. We'll explore drinking versus eating your calories. And lastly, we'll discuss how the right effort will lead to achieving fitness goals. But first, a little bit of business. If you're looking for premium natural products, choose New Roots Herbal. Proudly Canadian, family-owned for over 30 years. What really sets them apart is their dedication to quality. They source only the highest quality ingredients and test each one using state-of-the-art scientific instruments and procedures. You get exactly what's promised on the label. Nothing more, nothing less. Available exclusively at fine health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. Andrea Donsky is a registered holistic nutritionist with 20 years experience in natural health and wellness. She's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of NaturallySavvy.com, and she's a regular contributor to Tonic Magazine. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jamie. This is exciting. We've known each other for so long. We've worked together for so long, and this is the very first time you're here. Don't take it personally. We love you. (laughs) Good. Thank you. We're glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So I'm told, because I'm not a woman, Mm -hmm. that March 8th is... Women's Health Day. Yes, which yay. We all, we're all going to celebrate. We are. Even even us, like other gendered, are, are going to celebrate it too. But let, it's a good opportunity to talk about women's health, right? It absolutely is. I mean, we're so different than men, right? So I love the fact that we have our own day and we can look at each other. We can celebrate the female or every, woman, right? Every, every day is women's every, health. Day. That's true. According to my husband, he would say that. <laughs> <laughs> every day is, is a woman's day. So where do you want to start? Are we going to, let's talk about. Women in heart health. Okay, okay good. I think that's an important one. You know, it's interesting. I we're launching a brand new YouTube channel, which I cannot wait. And I was interviewing somebody yesterday who said that she she's fifty, almost fifty, and she was having these pains in her joints in her left arm, and she was dizzy, and she was a little bit nauseous, and intuitively, she was like, "Wait a second, I think this might be my heart." And she went to go check, get it checked out, and guess the powers are whoever she went to go check it out by was saying that oh it can't be your heart it's probably anxiety and in the end it actually was her heart and I think it's one of those things as being a woman especially if you're you know when you think of heart health for women you think older but it could be and now you hear more and more of younger people who are having some heart issues and I think the key is really understanding our bodies and knowing if you feel something's off and you hear from one person that maybe it's not exactly making sense to you and you're like, "Mm, I kind of feel like I need to go check it out somewhere else. Listen to your gut, listen to your body because we know our body's best. And it ended up being her heart, which is crazy, right? But it was. It's it's a real issue. Uh, And I've had a number of guests on who talk about, it, it gets to the point where even research for serious ailments 
is was historically so male centric. Mm, yes. That the, that the there was 19 no, year old college students. Right. There was no mm-hmm. no recognition of the physiological differences between men or, and women when they were calculating, you know, the health risks of for example heart disease, right? So how can you possibly expect a woman to understand what the symptomology is when it's never been presented like that? That's and, right. And that's really the issue, but it's kind of a scary thought that we really don't understand how uh, the manifestations of heart disease are, are going to appear on a woman, which might be different than a man, right? And there are differences, right? There are differences. Like according to the Heart and Stroke Foundation, chest pain does present in both men right. and women. Which but is for, logical, right. Right, which is logical. But for women, it can be it could be dizziness. It could be extreme tiredness. I mean, my grandmother, who was 73, had a heart attack and... She did not know those symptoms, right? And neither did my grandfather at the time. But now we understand that they do present differently in women and men because she didn't have chest pain right, or chest pressure, right? right. So she had, I think it was like upper back pain or lower back pain. It was something that was a little bit different. Sometimes so. it can manifest in your arms, right? Which is what you said, the woman that you had Yeah, it was her joint pain in her left arm. And, you know, the interesting thing too is that heart attack symptoms go unrecognized in 53% of women. Yeah. 53%. That's a high percentage. Right. And and get and dealing with heart disease or manifestation like like a uh, an episode mm-hmm. like like a heart attack and not all ep- not all episodes are heart attacks, mm-hmm. uh, but not correctly diagnosing it uh, obviously impacts the op- the chances of of survival, of, of survival yes, and absolutely. also also further episodes right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty serious. So pretty serious. Uh, is there a resource that women can go to 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 determine whether or just even understand? I would what, say the what, Heart and Stroke Foundation. I would say you know obviously Google Google if there is something that you're experiencing, Google it. Get informed, and that's the key. And you know, to me, I would go right to the source of the people who are doing the research and understand it perfectly or very well. Okay, so now we've discussed uh, what the signs of heart disease in women are. Uh, what what are things that women should do uh, to prevent heart disease? Oh, I mean, I'm a nutritionist, so you're, that's a that's a great question for me, Jamie. I'm okay. going to start. Obviously, nutrition, right. lifestyle is a big one, right? Yep. So don't smoke, you know, limit or don't drink, and also the type of food that you're eating, right? So you want to make sure you're getting good omega, lots of omega threes. So if you like fish, so salmon, mackerel, sardines. If you don't eat fish, if you're vegan or vegetarian, you can go with hemp seeds or flax seeds or chia seeds, right? So the omega threes are very important, not only for our heart, but they're important for our brain as well. So food, 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 I would say, you know, lifestyle makes a huge difference for so many different health, anything to do with health, but obviously the heart is a big one. And then exercise. So we want to make sure that we're getting enough exercise, even if you can't exercise or you have limited mobility, just walking, anything, you know, swimming, something, anything that's going to get you moving and your heart beating. And the new thing now, which I don't know if you're into, but oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with HIIT exercises, the high intensity interval training. I take two classes a week. Okay, so I I started doing it probably three, four months ago. I'm literally obsessed. And it takes a lot for me to find an exercise that I really love. But I love it because it it stops and starts, right? So it works on the heart rate variability, which is kind of working that sympathetic and parasympathetic balance. So, yeah, it's it's awesome exercise. Are you doing real classes, though, where, like, you really have to go all out for, like, 20, 30, 40 seconds? I'm doing F45, so would that be real? That's real. (laughs) Okay. F45 is real. Okay, so then I'm doing real classes. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I actually, I've cut out, I used to do a lot more spinning, but I've switched out 
the spinning for hit classes, but also strength training, which yes. is which is which is a which, which is, is why I love hit because yeah. uh, F forty five. I mean, this again, we're no way affiliated with F forty five, but it. what's great is that you have you know the strength training exercises, and then you also have the cardio. cardio. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. But people should be doing both. And the other thing you should think about is you know we talk a lot, and I talk a lot like very tedious about my workouts, but the truth of the matter is the best benefit that people will get is the move from doing nothing to doing something. Oh, totally. You, you, you don't, you know, like you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be professional. You don't have to compete. But if you're doing nothing, something is better than nothing. That's, Absolutely. And not only for our heart, by the way, yeah. let's talk mental health for a sure, second. 100%. Oh, for me, the biggest thing has been the mental health because it, it obviously we're relieving anxiety, but it also helps with, you know, the neuro, those neurotransmitters. That well, the are, endorphins, right? Right, like, the endorphins that are making us feel great. So after a workout, if you're feeling bad before, you're feeling pretty good after. Yeah. Especially if there's a cardio element to it. And yeah. it helps, by the way, if we're talking about women's health, it actually helps to strengthen our bones, which is the resistance training, right? So we're getting those bones. And as we get older, we start to lose muscle mass, right? Well, and that, we start to, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, that's sort of the key. When you're talking about uh, doing sort of weight training, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're not, we don't have to, we're not necessarily talking about heavy weights, but including weight training in with your program, uh, mm-hmm. it helps the joints because the muscles around the joints get bigger, right? So you're, you're actually protecting the joints. Um, a lot of exercise, I'm sure you're doing multiple movements, uh, is good for your mobility, which means you can continue to do the exercise, which is key and crucial to your bone and joint health. Yep. But I'm sure you have some thoughts on that too. Yeah. Well, when we're born until the age of 30, our muscles get bigger and stronger. But after 30, we start to lose muscle mass. And even if you're not a very active person, it can cause you, if you're not a very active person, it actually can cause you to lose muscle, muscle mass even faster. Right. So the thing is you want to be active for those muscles because the muscles exactly was they kind of they they help with the bone mass they help with so many different things that provide you with your strong legs so you can walk because as we get older there's certain things that we're more prone to like fractures right so we want to just make sure like we're keeping our muscles and our bones strong as right. we get older well also i mean just to, just to get around right like 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 I'm in my 50s. I know you're not yet. Oh, I am. I turned 50. Yeah, I turned 50 a couple uh, January. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So when we're in our 50s, I mean, the the, the idea is, oh, you know, you're you're going to lo- use the, the muscles or lose them, right? Yes. But it's actually it's actually that's not quite accurate. It's not just use them or lose them. You can actually build muscle into your 50s. I'm stronger now in my mid 50s than I ever was in my 30s or 40s because I'm actually doing the weight training. Yeah, and, and eating properly too. You're probably yeah. getting enough protein, which also helps to build them, right? Right, exactly. So even for women, because uh, Naomi uh, does the weight training with me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a you, you, a lot of women think you know if I do weight training I'm going to get bulky and it, it's not feminine. That's actually not true. Not at all. Um, it's also genetic makeup, right? Which yeah. kind of determines how much muscle mass you're going to put on. Right, but there's different types of of weight training. You know, you can have longer, leaner muscles by doing more reps with lower weight, as opposed to like doing tons of weight with lower reps. You know, yes, you could bulk up if you do it the wrong way, but you can build long, lean muscle as well, uh, which looks very attractive. Right. No, it's a very good point. I, mean, I know someone like myself, 
Even if I tried, I could never get that bulky, bulky look. It's just not in my genetic. No, makeup. I know, but it's a concern for people who who, yeah. don't, who maybe don't want to do weight training. Yeah. Also, you know, they might hurt themselves. If you're going to a qualified gym and somebody's watching you do the movements, it should be fine. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it's important that we that we do do it. My mother, she's seventy two, and she works out several times a week, and they she focuses on that weight training. And she said it's made a huge difference, even in her balance. Yeah, you know, so that it's so important for us. But if you are doing sort of exercise, you hit or weight training or for what whatever reason, it's also important that you get enough protein, right? Which is something you just alluded to. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as we age, you know, a lot of us, especially, you know, as, as women, we may not get as much protein as we once did. So, and there's different ways that we can get our protein. So why do you, why do you think people aren't getting enough protein? Is it, is it because people are focusing on plant-based diets or? A lot of plant-based diets. I mean, but there is a lot of, obviously plant-based, you can get a lot of protein, but yeah. I think it's people understanding where to get your sources of protein, right? And making yeah. sure that you're getting enough of it. So definitely that's, that's one of it. And some people may want to be, you know, make it a choice that they want to cut down on the amount of protein that they're eating. So I think there's different reasons why. But and also as we age we may not read we may not eat as much as we once did. Yes. We much did too. So then you're not if you're not eating as much, then maybe you're eating less protein than you're eating more carbs or something else. Well I'm certainly eating less red meat than mm-hmm. I used to, right? And I have to be very mindful of making sure that, you know, if I'm not having that type of protein, I'm getting it different ways, like perhaps by mixing grains and beans together to get the complex proteins uh, and carbohydrates that you need to fuel the body and the brain. Right? Exactly. No, that's well said. So I, you know, I don't know if you've if you've ever tried bone broth. Have you ever? No. Okay. So bone broth is another great way to get Isn't your protein. Soup? Is that soup? So it's soup. So you can make it yourself. So I actually really like bone broth for a couple of reasons. One is that it gives us a protein, but also that it has collagen. So two, right. I'm obsessed with collagen and as women collagen is so important for us as why we, what do you need it for okay so when we're born when babies are born we're 90 percent collagen and yeah. as we age after the age of 21 we lose one percent of collagen a year so think of collagen as like the connective tissue it's what it's the glue that holds everything together so after menopause within the first five years we actually lose an additional 30 percent of our collagen 30 percent that's mm. a lot of collagen so when our collagen decreases, what can happen is it can lead to joint and muscle pain, but also fine lines and wrinkles. Yep. Because the connective tissue, think of it, you know, if you think of pantyhose and you think of the, you know, the fishnet pantyhose, so think of it being taut or think of it as being really loose, right? So someone's worn those pantyhose a lot. As our collagen goes down, that loose pantyhose is what kind of happens to our skin. It becomes saggy. It becomes, we get our fine lines and wrinkles. We really want to be getting enough collagen. And one way you can do it to get your protein and your collagen is with bone broth. Okay. So help me out here. I've been doing this for years. What's the difference between bone broth and like chicken soup? Like what's the di- like seriously, what's the difference? <laughs> okay, so bone broth, first of all, you have to get the proper bones, right? Like marrow so bones, the marrow bones. Yeah. And then you have to cook it at a low temperature. So I've done this many times. I use a crock pot and I let it go for like it's like twelve or sometimes people will say twenty-four hours. Like it's a very long, slow process and it kind of the it takes all of the collagen out of the bones in that long process. And so that would be the difference between chicken soup for me, you're using first of all chicken. You're right. Right. Using you know the oh, meat so you, and the so, flesh of the right. chicken, whereas the bone you're, it, for bone broth you're just using the bones, the actual bone. You're putting in some carrots and some onions, like you're putting in some of the some vegetables as well, and you're just letting it cook for a very long time. Whereas chicken soup would be more of your you're, you know you're using raw you know using chicken the whole chicken. Yeah, but you're putting the bones in then. You are, but it's different kind of bones. So you want you want marrow, beef marrow bones, like right. it's not chicken, right? You're using it. It's, it's, it's got to be beef, right? Yeah, it's a beef bone. There's yeah. no, just, you no can such get thing as chicken no, there. No, no, you can get chicken collagen. Could. Yeah, chicken, and you can get um, you can get fish collagen as right. well. But if we're talking like beef broth, beef broth, then you need obviously the beef marrow bones. Okay. Or you could go buy the broth, right? 
you can, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, that sounds like a lot of work. It does. And, um, I, don't I like do to cook, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not sure I'm up for the 12 hours of- 12 to 24 hours. Yeah, you can actually buy- We have an be- Instant Pot, so we could do it in there, I bet. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I've never, I have to get myself an Instant Pot. I know. I, I have to like, I have to do that. Anyways, but you can buy beef bone broth powder and then it's much easier to make it that way. Are there other ways to get uh, collagen other than- You could take it in a capsule format. So okay. powder or capsule format. So I've done that as well. I do that as well. Okay. Yeah. And so they're different. So what ways. should we? Uh, presuming you want a supplement, what should we be looking for? I mean, the key is you want it to be broken down into small peptides because that way it gets absorbed better into our body. So you want to look for brands that actually have it broken down into those smaller peptides. So one of the products that I really like is New Roots Herbal. They have a beef bone broth protein that's made with BSC-free and hormone-free beef. And that's the other thing. You want to make sure they have no antibiotics in the actual beef and yep. the products. Because then you're obviously Because you are all in. about the organics. Well, exactly. That, that's what you write about for the magazine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Our column and tonic. I love it. And they're naturally savvy. And what's nice is that their bone broth, each serving has 27 grams of protein. So okay. there you go. Right. That you seems get the like collagen a lot easier get, than, yeah. like, <laughs> than being over the pot. Just for me personally. I hear you. I, listen, convenience. That's what it's about nowadays, right? It's the convenience thing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jamie. This was fun. And you're going to be back in a few months and we're going to talk all about probiotics, right? We are. Something else that I absolutely love taking on a regular basis. Fantastic. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss designing for seniors on the tonic. And now the group travel tidbit brought to you by EF Go Ahead Tours Canada. Experience the world like a local by traveling alongside expert guides, who call your destination home. Enjoy authentic meals, immersive sightseeing, and enriching cultural activities. They'll handle all the details. Here's Kate Edge with this week's reason to travel solo, but not alone. Group tours are the most convenient way to travel. All the complicated logistics are handled for you, and you're led by an experienced local guide who speaks the language and knows the ins and outs of the destination you're going to. This has been your group travel tidbit. For more information, visit goaheadtours.ca. Everything is ready. Here are the keys. That's all anyone wants to hear by the end of their downsizing experience. So leave the declutter, downsize, and design work to Dynamic Downsizers. I felt like I had good friends helping me move with Dynamic Downsizers. My pictures were hung, the garbage was gone, and my bed was even made when I came in. Dynamic Downsizers will set you up in your new home on the day of your move. To get your free quote today, call Dynamic Downsizers at 416-288-8368. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Leanne Masalis is a member of the Decorators and Designers Association of Canada and continues her education in residential and commercial design as well as designing for the aging population. As founder of Macellus Design Inc. and Dynamic Downsizers, she believes that a home should be decluttered, organized, and designed based on how individuals function in their space. Rosemary Chamello is a member of the Professional Organizers of Canada and continues her education in aging in place, independent, assisted, and long-term elder care. She enjoys organizing people tailored to their space and circumstances. She believes that every person can be their best self and feel liberated by having an organized system in place. Welcome back to the show, ladies. How are you? Great. Thanks so much for having us. So this is interesting to me, the topic today, which is design for seniors. Right. We did a renovation of our house five years ago, usual Toronto two-story house, Right. not a lot of floor space. So we had to convert little rooms into open space right. and became focused on doing as much 
with smaller space as possible. Mm-hmm. We didn't design for seniors, but I would imagine the theory is quite the same. You're dealing with smaller spaces and there has to be a functionality. Am I, am I right? Yeah, you, well, Absolutely. definitely movability. You know, you have to ensure that if there's walkers or wheelchairs or whatever it is, you just, you actually need that little bit more width as you're going down the hall or as you're walking around your bed, stuff like that. So there's, yeah, definitely how a senior moves in their home. Right. So let's talk about the types of things that you need to think about when you're dealing with an older dwelling mm-hmm. that needs to be fitted for somebody who's who's getting up in the years. Well, I think that if you're a senior and you're looking at aging in place and there's many seniors that that's the way they want to go. That's my plan. That's my plan. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't want to have to move out of your home, right? Yeah. So I think if you're looking at that and you want to be independent and, you know, if you're older and you want to be independent and you want to stay in your home, I think there's a few things that you should look at first. You you want to make sure that your health is there, that you're still active, and that maybe that you have some services set up, you know, that take care of the lawn and take care of the the snow in the winters that we get here. I will be more than happy to give that yeah, up. I'm sure you I, would I, be. I, I, I still do all the landscaping. I still do all the shoveling. That's me. Yeah. But I'm the only one in my neighborhood doing it. They all laugh at me. But anyways. Yeah. Do you go around, though, and do everybody else's? No. <laughs> Not unless they're going to pay me. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay. But I think that the difference there is that it sets seniors apart, whether they can be independent in their home or not independent. And you want to basically design or retrofit or renovate your home so that you can be an, as independent as possible, knowing that possibly down the way you may have caregivers that are in there helping you or, you know, PSWs or something like that that are coming and going in the house. So would you suggest something like having like a, a suite for a healthcare worker that might be living in? Sometimes we've seen situations like that where you need full-time care, right? right? Yeah. So, And that doesn't matter if that's on the second floor, but for you, you may want to move down to the first floor, right. you know, so that it's basically off the street right. access. So, you know, if you're not doing your exercises and you already have back problems in your 50s or 60s, you really have to think, in my 70s and 80s, am I really going to be able to navigate those narrow stairs? Right? Yeah, and actually, I'll give you an example. I went out to see a, a job in Woodbridge, and they wanted a master suite. And, you know, it's a 80-plus couple. Yep. And when I got there, she's, you know, quite excited to show me the suite because, you know, she hasn't, it's builder grade. She never did any improvements. And so she's walking up the stairs and she's literally holding onto the rail. There's a lot of mobility issues because she's had been in some accidents. It really wasn't going to get that much better, you know, because, you know, when you're older and it kind of fights against you, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you know, so. We went and we looked at the washroom. We come back down again, issue with the stairs. We get downstairs and she said, her and her husband sat across from me and said, so what do you think? And, uh, and Rosemary knows me when it comes to this. I go, Did you tell the truth? Oh my Absolutely. God. I go, what do I think? I said, I think I'm not doing your master bedroom and I can tell you why. And yeah. They're like, what? And I said, because that's not what you need. I said, it's not a place that you need to be on a second floor. You need to seriously think about moving downstairs. And in, in a Woodbridge home, usually when you come in, some of these homes, you've got your living room, dining room on your left, and you've got like a, a den and your your laundry and your powder room on your right. And I said, we're going to make your bedroom in the living room and we're going to make, we're going to blow out your laundry room and make it a beautiful big suite so that down the road, potentially if you have to have a walker or a wheelchair, you have everything set up for what you need. I didn't get the job. <laughs> uh, 
But you deserve the job. I didn't get yes. the job because that's not what they were going in. But really, no, no nobody wants to be told that. Nobody right? wants yeah. to be told that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't bother me that I didn't get the job because it wasn't the right thing for them. Right. You know, and I want to make sure that when I leave a place that I'm doing right. How do they function in their space? Right. How do they need to function? You so. know, it, it's little things, right? Like everybody likes, <laughs> I know a little bit about real estate. People like the idea of having a big bathtub. But the truth of the matter oh, is how many times do you use your bathroom? It's a great bathroom? hamper. Right? Exactly. <laughs> right? It's a great hamper. So, so we built this tiny little ensuite bathroom. We didn't have an ensuite to, to the master. We did the renovation and we did a walk-in shower with no ledge, right? It's, exactly. It, it's like European style yeah. where it's the, the ground sort of tilts to one way to let the That's water right. drain, but you essentially Seamless. walk it. You, yep. you walk in, you walk out with That's heated right. floors. And really, it is my favorite room in the house totally. because it's a tiny little room, but it is so functional, right? right? And without a door or anything, you can walk right into the shower, right? Yeah, that's right. I'd like to take you back to the front door because I think that's where you need to start when you're that's wanting right. design for sure. seniors. Do you need a ramp? Maybe you need a ramp. Maybe you need more grab bars. But just the simple front door handle, maybe now it has to be levers. And moving into the rest of the house, lever doors, yeah. lever handles on all your doors. Because doorknobs are too hard to... Doorknobs, physically, when you have arthritis in your hands, they're too hard to turn, right? Okay. But what's interesting, just to go back to the door, is that you know a lot of homes have two side lights. So you're two pieces of glass on the side. Right. And one big change that you could do is you could actually make your front door wider if you just do one side light. Right. And so that will help down the way, you know, if you have a walker coming in, you right. know. So there's small things and changes that you can do to make things so much easier for yourself. Right. And I would think sort of like issues about maintenance and storage would be at the forefront, right? Like if you're older, you're not going to want to go up on a step stool to access your, oh, your belongings. Absolutely, right? absolutely not. Nightmare. So when we organize for seniors in the design aspect of it, there's nothing on the top shelves and pretty yeah. much nothing on the lower shelves. Right. Everything has to be fingertip accessible and not heavy, easy for them to access and put away. So we don't want seniors on any stools. Mm-hmm. Right. Like no, it's just not- I'm, I'm just trying to think of like surfaces that you would want to work with. You wouldn't want changes between rooms because if people are dealing with wheels, it might get caught or yeah, stuff like right. that, right? That's, yeah, that's right. Hey, I, I could do this maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more pretty rugs because yeah. they interfere with just, if you don't have a walker, a cane or just your walking process changes as you age. So we don't want area rugs to be stumbled on. Yeah. And I mean, talking about washrooms too, what's really important in washrooms, and I and I only say this because this happened to my father-in-law in a hotel, is my mother-in-law had turned on the water on the sink and he was in the shower and all of a sudden he got scorched and he yeah. jumped back in a hotel, got caught up in the curtain and hurt right. himself. Yeah. You know, th- and this is in a hotel. So there's little things that you can do where, you know, in your fittings behind in the rough-ins, you can get a regulator. Right. right, so that it never fluctuates one way or another too much. Right, and it's a little bit more, but a little bit more money, but not having the the hot water because my wife loves to do laundry when I take the shower. <laughs> that's her. That's her favorite thing to do. I think she likes to hear me bellow curse words across it. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, gonna... totally! Oh my gosh, I love it. So a lot of people are looking at condos. Mm-hmm. We're talking about houses now, but people are looking at condos. What sort of considerations should they be thinking about as they age if they're moving into a condo? I think one of the most important things, I think Rosemary will agree with me on this, because we've seen clients that, well, here's the, here's the thing. You're basically walking into this home. You potentially are walking in with a walker or a wheelchair down the road or a cane. You want to make sure the first things first is that that front entrance is big enough. Right. Because when you get older, you want to sit down to yep. put your shoes on and off, right? Yep. You're bringing in groceries. It might be in your walk or whatever the situation is. But I have seen, do you remember that one job that we did in a condo? 
it was so cluttered at the front door and she had a walker, I almost died. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we have to get rid of all this stuff. It should be totally clear. Was no room for a chair. But these, you know, that's one simple thing that you actually can't change in construction. You know, a lot of people don't realize that you can do renovations in a condo, but for the most part, you can't change your plumbing. You can't change your HVAC. A lot of the walls will stay the way they are because they're supporting. And there's a lot of rules. But there are things that you can fix. But one of the biggest things is make sure you can get through the front door at least. Right. And there's no landing with stairs either too, yes. right? Absolutely. No, no, no. Exactly. So, so a sunken room is beautiful, but it may not be functional, right? Yeah, yeah, and, that's and right. And pick your furniture that will move to this phase and to the next phase. And that will, as you've seen, downsizing or redoing a space, you need to maximize your storage. Yeah. And so. make sure, make sure in condos that your washrooms are big enough. You know, it depends what age you are, but if you're thinking forward, if somebody down the road needs to help you get in and out of your shower, you need room for that second person. So you really don't want small spaces. You want a little bit of room going forward, right? To my mind, like knowing how they're building condos now, I think you'd almost have to look for an older building, wouldn't you? I I mean, like spaces at such a premium. Spaces are a premium. Kitchens aren't designed properly. Cabinetry is way too high for senior citizens. Oh my gosh. We did not move the client. We helped with the pre-pack. We helped on the other end. But when we walked into the condo because the children had moved them in, they decided they wanted to buy them all new furniture. They bought them glass tables. They bought them all new sofas. They bought, oh, the kitchen. The cupboards were way too high for a senior. And we looked at each other and we thought to ourselves, oh my gosh, I wish we were involved in helping them pick. Because at the end of the day, I think one of the most important things that you're doing for your parents, and a lot of people don't do this because they all want to buy mom and dad new stuff, I think the best thing to do is always take the furniture that they have, just be selective on your pieces, because when you're moving into a new place, the most important thing is they want to feel comfortable and they want to still feel like it's their home. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much for both coming on the show today. Great being here. Thank you. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. You're a genuine health enthusiast listening to this show today. And Activation Products is your dream come true when it comes to living a very long, pain-free, energized life. Your body's craving heirloom nano and micronutrients that you'll use to elevate your whole body's health in ways you had no idea were possible. Activation makes all this possible no matter how old or young you are. The precious time, energy, and money you invest to be healthy is taken very seriously by Activation. It's their responsibility to deliver to you the most efficacious health products available in the world today. People consistently report back the most beautiful health results when they daily consume products from Activation. Treat yourself now and find out what it's like to live in a luxurious body, making every day a joy to be alive. Go to activationproducts.com and subscribe for the most important health information and products. Or call 1-866-271-7595. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Shauna Lindzen is a dietitian and nutritionist. 
She's a program developer and nutrition leader at Wellspring Cancer Support Network and enjoys seeing her clients virtually and doing corporate wellness lectures. She runs practical cooking demonstrations that combine scientific knowledge with culinary education. Her demonstrations are unique, informative, delicious, and a lot of fun. You can find a list of her nutrition classes and recipes at shaunalinzen.com. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Good. Great to be here, Jamie. So neither of us are drinking right now. We should say that. (laughs) I'm sober. I can't really speak to you, but I'm completely sober and I'm not drinking. We have water here. Yes. But, you know, I thought maybe we'd be sampling today when you told me what the subject was. (laughs) And that's caloric intake through drinking. And and we're talking about alcohol too, right? And it's funny. You brought me my H2O. It's sitting right there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not all alcohol is the same, right? Some some are better than others when it comes to calories. Yeah. And it's interesting because in the old days, like I've been doing this for almost 30 years, we used to talk about calories. And calories is an interesting word. But when I look at beer, wine, hard liquor, liqueurs... They're different. Yeah, of course. They're very different, and they're different in many ways. So wine within itself, we could talk about for, you know, hours on end. There's dry wine. There's sweet wine. There's different grapes. um, Fortified wines. Fortified wines. Non-alcoholic wines. Okay, I don't even know what the purpose of that is. I've written many, I've been interviewed many times about it, so I find that topic quite interesting. It's like non-alcoholic beer. Like, you really Hmm. have to like beer to go for the non-alcoholic beer. And I've heard of people actually have alcohol allergies, which is kind of interesting because, interesting, huh? Yeah. Alcohol allergy. Okay. So if we want to talk about to differentiate between wine, beer, hard liquor, liqueur, I would say the top of the list in terms of sugar would be liqueur because it's sweetened. Think of, you know, like the creamy liqueurs that I'm not going to say any names on there, but that type of thing. Now, hard liquor would be your spirits, right? Right. Like vodka, gin, all that stuff. And you were about to say tonic. I was about to say tonic. So, and it's actually, a plug for the show. So when you mix a hard liquor, like a spirit, with something, it will either be caloric or not caloric. So gin and tonic, um, right. vodka and cranberry juice. Right. So if you think about it, cranberry juice is loaded with sugar. So if you're mixing it with something. So cocktails. Cocktails. You're adding a lot of calories. So if you're concerned about drinking your calories away, what the best bet would be a white wine spritzer, for instance, or some bubbly, like champagne. Something with soda water or Something, seltzer. Yeah. As, as opposed, like tonic, you know, even though it's the namesake here, tonic has a lot of calories in yeah, it. Yeah, sugar and salt. Yeah, I actually yeah. love tonic. Yeah. My family thinks I'm crazy because really? it's very bitter and it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's got literally poison in it if you're getting the real thing. <laughs> yeah. But I happen to love it. There's nothing wrong with also, if you love the bubbliness of it, yeah. you can actually do something like a soda stream or yep. a sparkling like Perrier or San Pellegrino or something like that. Yeah. So it depends what you like about it. I know which hard liquor is actually the least caloric. So the, the least caloric drink, if you had to have a cocktail, you want to go with a lighter, like a mezcal, uh, like yeah. a, with some soda water and lime. And that's about the easiest and the least amount of calories you're going to get if you're having a cocktail. Exactly. And there's also things on the market like essence and bitters, which is super cool, actually. It's like pretty 2020, like 2020 vision, right? Yeah. You can flavor. It's it's all about flavoring your drinks without the added 
processed foods, like syrups and that type of thing. Or you can make syrups yourself, you know. You can. Simple yeah. syrups. Simple syrup and, we make for drinks because like, well, ooh, we're like having, when we're having people over, like we'll rather than just have like an open bar, which we you know we're happy to do, yeah. we'll pick drinks that we're making that night. So you can make the simple syrup ahead of time and use it and portion it Where's, out. When's my invitation? Jamie, that's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So lots of drinks when we go through the different drinks, we that's the main subject that you like to touch on are the sugars, yeah. right? Because that's the flavoring technique. Wine has a lot of sugar in it, right? So wine, it depends. There's dry wine and there's sweet wine. And you can actually see the percent sugar. You can, if you go to the LCBO, you can talk through them. Because I do a lot of, as you know, I do cooking demonstrations right. through my home. So when I go to the LCBO, if I'm making like a veal marsala, you know, something yeah. with like wine in it or sangria, I ask them the percent like alcohol, sugar, I talk to them okay. about actually what's in the wine. It's I very have to tell you, that never drives my decision on which wine. It, taste, to me, to me yeah. it's a food pairing type thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and but what the, the food for. pairing, interestingly enough, sorry to cut you off there, which it, I know because we get really excited about that. The food pairing, interestingly enough, goes with the sweetness of the wine or the dryness of the wine. True. Yep. Right? All right. Let's get off the alcohol. Let's talk about other beverages and liquids that you might get calories from. So the funny thing is, the next topic I want to talk about is kombucha. Kombucha can actually give you a buzz. Yep. So that's a perfect segue into alcohol to... But usually only after hot yoga, right? Your kombucha. Yeah. Yeah. So let's define kombucha. Some people might not know what kombucha is. So it's a beverage produced by fermenting sweet tea and with a culture of yeast and bacteria. So what that does is it bubbles up, it forms into your probiotic, right? Like the bacteria start growing Mm -hmm. and it's healthy for your gut. So there are benefits to kombucha. Let's first talk about the benefits. So the benefits would be probiotics, as we just mentioned. Green tea, if you choose a kombucha that's made out of green tea, has the phytochemicals in it and the antioxidants in it. Very big positive, right? Yes. But what are the negatives? So the negatives can be, you know, if you're producing a lot of bacteria and there's a lot of bubbles in there, it could cause some gas and bloating. Yep. The other con is sometimes they just load it up with sugar. So they use sugar to make it and then they add sugary stuff into it. Because if you have the pure kombucha, you know, it's an acquired taste, right? It's it's strong. Right. And there's been a lot of marketing of kombucha, flavored kombuchas over the past, let's say, five years when I go to the health and wellness consumer shows. There's all kinds of different brands and they are natural and a lot of them are Canadian. They're Canadian produced. But yeah, I mean, you can taste how much sugar is in them, right? Like, because it's almost like they're energy drinks the way they're being marketed or like a beverage like Coke. And I'm not sure if it really replaces that, right? Because it's carbonated, right? Yeah. And and I think it actually comes down to label reading. And what I do is if I want, I kind of use kombucha as a treat if I'm buying it. And like, I'm like, as you say, I'm thirsty and I've just exercised and I feel like kind of a little bubbly treat. So what I do is I look at the ingredients. I look at the actual sugar on the label. And I like a ginger one, for instance, because I get the added benefits of like ginger, turmeric or whatever. Settles your stomach. It makes you feel good. And I look to see which one has the least amount of sugar. Some of them have like three or four teaspoons of sugar in one bottle that's added. I don't really want that. Yep. So you can make your own. Are you about to? I was going to say, that's a very (laughs) hipster thing to do is is. to make your own. 
kombucha. My, you, yeah. my kids were thinking of doing it, and I kind of talked them out of it. But anyways. Well, yeah. I think you need the SCOBY, you know, yeah. with the, the yeah. jiggly starter culture and some yeah. kombucha starter culture. It's a little tricky. And yeah. you also, just to do a side note, like if you're immunocompromised, like you're on cancer treatments, et cetera, because as you know, I work in a cancer yeah. center, so I'm really well versed on this. You want to be careful. Like you want to make sure if you make something like that yourself, that you're doing it in a safe, clean, like yeah. container environment. No, 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 no. You, have to, you really have to watch it. Okay, yeah. so let's move on. Last year for our anniversary, we got a fancy schmancy special coffee maker, espresso cappuccino. But if you go out and you buy them in the store, you're getting a whole whack of sugar and fat, right? It is the number one thing that we say causes your liquid calorie intake would be yeah. specialty drinks. Now, I always have like a few kind of tips and tricks. I'm not sure if um, people know these or people want to do these, but I think they're really smart. So for instance, if you're making them at home, use a, stint, a cinnamon stick, like almost like a stir stick, yeah. and that will infuse some flavor into it. Yep. And then you can just kind of like suck on the cinnamon stick after. Okay. Um, I'm not doing that. Really? Okay. Yeah, oh, I love it. I make like a I make like a homemade um, apple pie smoothie and stick a cinnamon stick in it. Woohoo! It's delicious. Okay. And healthy flat ground flax, that kind of stuff in there. You can also put some cinnamon, like actual powder into it. You can put some ginger into yep. it. You can put some cocoa powder into it. So there are ways you can actually slice ginger and brew your coffee with the sliced ginger in it. Have you done that before? I have not. That's so you, Jamie. To me, the flavor profile of ginger and coffee don't necessarily go together for oh, me. Yeah. For me. See, I'm not a coffee drinker, but if I was, I would do that. I don't drink a ton of coffee. I have one a day. But do you know what the other thing is? If you want to... Um, kind of reduce your coffee or your specialty coffee intake, mix it with tea, like do like a rooibos or a chai. The other thing you can do to fancy it up is put something frothy on it. We were talking last month about like oat milk and all those types of milks. You can put something frothy on it like that. It doesn't froth sometimes as well as cow's yeah. milk froths, but spice it up with that. It's actually like 1% milk that froths the best anyways, right? Like you don't really, like if you use a 3% or whole milk, it's not going to froth the way you want it to froth. And the weird thing is organic versus non-organic, the non-organic frosts more than the organic. So maybe there's like a stabilizer. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. Could be. I don't know. All right. We have time for one more topic and that is smoothies and juices. Yeah. So with smoothies and juices, the bottom line is the difference is with a juice, you're extracting the fiber out. With a smoothie, you're not. So a smoothie just means you're mixing a bunch of things together and it's thicker. A juice means you're putting something into a machine or you're doing it yourself and you're extracting the fiber. You're team smoothie, I'm right? I'm team smoothie with protein in it. Because smoothies can also be very caloric. They can yep. shoot your blood sugar levels up. So in order to help your blood sugars stabilize, put some nut butter, some hemp seeds. Um, those Make a meal. Make a meal out of it and don't drink too much of it. Don't drink more than you would sit down and eat at once. Get it? Yeah. Like t you're not going to have 10 bushels of kale and 15 carrots and five beets. You're going to have one to two carrots, one beet and a handful of kale and Great. some flaxseed. Great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jamie. You're going to be back next month, right? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. 
formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Our next guest, Kathleen Trotter, is a fitness expert, nutritionist, life coach, monthly guest on BT Montreal and Rogers Ottawa, and author of the books Finding Your Fit and the New Your Fittest Future Self. Welcome back to the show. My pleasure. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm trying. I'm trying. trying. That's all we can do, Jamie. Working is winning and trying. That's the key. So many of us, you know, we fall off our health horse and then we're just like, oh, well, I've fallen. I'm not going to get back on. I think if anybody gets anything from today, it's just if you've fallen, get back on and keep trying. It's uh, it's hard for everybody. It is. So let's discuss effort. Where do you stand on effort and trying? Okay. Well, first of all, I really believe that everything is a practice and you do never, you never reach perfection with health. You know, I have been in this game for, I don't know, what is it? 20 years. And I still have days where I don't want to work out. I don't want to eat well, but sort of the draw of the unhealthy habits become less strong and the draw of the healthier habits become stronger. And I've created systems that set me up for success and the environments that help me and the friendships that help me. But it does take effort. And the trick is to make sure it's right effort, not what I call busy effort. And, you know, I think here's the thing. People come in to me all the time and they're like, oh, Kathleen, I'm working so hard. I'm thinking and I'm, I'm worrying and I'm doing. And they, there's so many thoughts going through their head that they go to bed at night feeling like they've done a lot of work for their health. But listen, they actually haven't done any actual action. And unfortunately, you're not going to become healthier by just thinking about it. And I think we, I don't know, we get caught in like analysis paralysis. It's like, should I buy this running watch or should I buy this step counter or should I do this gym class or should I do that gym class or should I try this diet? And we just, it gets so full, like our heads almost feel like we're exploding and we're spending so many minutes thinking about health. But I'll say to somebody, okay, well, what did you do about your health? And they're like, well, nothing, right? So they worry and they have this busy worry effort in their head, but it's the action that really makes the big difference. I I know somebody who has claimed for the past two years that he wants to exercise regularly, but then he consistently comes up with excuses as to why he's not going to, because he's looking for, you know, the old gold's gym, you know, it was like for the muscle heads, right? So way back in the day, he used to lift weight and he says, you know, there's no more of those gyms around. I I would work out if only there was one of those gyms. If only there was that one magic solution. Right. And I said to him, I said, what are you talking about? I said, there's a million gyms everywhere. Well, they don't have all the weights that you need. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you have gotten off the couch in six months Just go for a walk. <laughs> you know why don't we work up to those weights that you used to do 30 years ago why don't you just go to the gym and see what they have get yourself into a position where you can lift the heavy weights and if that gym isn't good for you find another at that point but don't use it as an excuse not Absolutely. to get going right mom used to always say to me when i was growing up kathleen life is about finding solutions not excuses and i think that's really key with exercise and getting out of your own way and i think 
you know, you bring up this wonderful point of this of this man that you know, and he part of his problem was he was comparing himself to sort of an outdated version of himself. So, you know, I would say to him, it's not about not finding that gym if you want to do that, you know, in six months, but in between now and then, what can you do while you're looking for that for the gym? And maybe you will find the gym and maybe you won't, but you have to become consistently healthier and then you can sort of optimize, right? You can always tweak a program, but you first have to get going. And I think finding ways to compare yourself to a productive version of like something that's helpful. So I'll give you an example. I have a yep. client and she's amazing. She just had a kidney replacement and we were comparing her to other people in her recovery process and also just her to her right before she went in for the surgery where she could hardly walk but she'd been on dialysis and and she was so proud of herself and I was so proud of her and then she went on vacation with a group of people from her family none of which who had had a kidney transplant and everyone was very active and very fit and she came back so discouraged and basically had stopped doing all of her physio exercises and all of the things that she needed to do for her because she wasn't as fit as those other people and so what I said to her was, that is, that's the concept of sort of busy effort. As, as in she was thinking about her health every single day for, you know, hours. She was sitting there on the bench chair on vacation thinking, man, I can't do that and I can't do that and I'm so lazy and I'm so this. But her self-talk was so unproductive that she felt like she was doing all this stuff about her health, but she wasn't actually doing anything. So the first thing that listeners can do is find a relative, like either somebody like yourself six months ago or yourself in a couple weeks, or just find productive ways to think about your health. So it is about growth. It is about effort. It does take work, but it's about saying, okay, so where was I, you know, a week ago, where do I want to be? And then once I get to that place in a week, where can I go from there? But I have to start somewhere and I have to compare myself like to thrive in my own lane. I have to compare myself to something helpful. Right. If I had a kid and my kid was in grade one math and they came home and they said to me like, oh, man, mom, I went into, you know, a grade 12 math class and I just sucked at it. Like, I'm so stupid. I wouldn't say, well, you're stupid. I would say, well, no, but like you can't be good at grade 12 math until you've gone through, you know, grade one and grade two and grade three and grade four. So my client and your friend, they have to be OK with working through those grades of fitness and gradually progressing. And then if, you know, if your friend finds that that gold version of that gym that he wants, that's great. But if he doesn't, he'll still be way more fit, right? And if my client eventually can do the stuff that her brother and dad and everybody can do, that's great. But in order to get there, she has to work from where she is. She has to radically accept where she is. Yeah. And I would say when people, you know, <laughs> you get inundated with, you know, which workouts you should be doing and what clothes you should be wearing and what shoes you should have and which stuff you should get for your home gym. And I think people all look at the, you know, fabulously beautiful people that are in the ads and think, okay, that's where I want to end up. That's what I want to be like. When really the, you know, all these things, which can be tremendously helpful in getting you to where you need to be with your health, whether it's a membership or clothing or whatever it is, you should only think of it in terms of how will it facilitate what I am actually doing? In other words, like get the shoes that actually fit you and feel good so that you can go out for a walk. Right. Or get the get the winter coat that allows you to go for the walk in winter or get the stuff that fits into your home gym, not the big, huge piece of equipment that will never fit and will sit in your basement and, and you know, you'll never use. Well, get the thing that you will do. And, and more importantly, what I would say is 
do it now. Because if you try it and it doesn't work, that's great. That's just data for your future self. Then you don't do it. But so many people, this the idea of right effort versus busy effort really is the idea of busy is the is the unproductive, almost analysis paralysis, like going, you know, reacting to everything, but not actually acting on anything. Well, well, the um, tr- and the truth of the matter is like, for example, if you have a journey, right. And I'm totally sympathetic because when I weighed what I used to weigh and I had to lose all that weight, I did not want to get into gym clothes. I did not want to be seen at a gym, right? I, I couldn't do, there was only so many things that you can do where you start your ability to do whatever it is you're going to do. It will change as you get healthier. It will change as you age. It will change as you you meet people who are like-minded. It will change as you incorporate your friends and family into the routine. It ain't going to be static. So don't worry about it. And just start and you can tweak as you go. I, I like to say to my clients, it's sort of the idea, the difference between swimming and treading water. Like a lot of us with our health, we get into bed exhausted because we've treaded, like we tread water. We're swimming furiously. We're thinking, we're, but we're not stepping forward. Right. And you know, that journey of you become a millionaire with that last coin, but you don't, that last coin wouldn't matter if you hadn't had the previous coins, right? And that's, you gotta get going. And I think the trick is, is to take whatever small action you can in this moment. And then as you said, tweak as you go, optimize. So the four things that kind of go into that in my mind is making smart goals. So think specific, measurable, action oriented, really realistic, time oriented. So don't sort of say, well, I'm going to lose weight. Okay. What does that mean? Are you going to lose a pound a week? Are you going to lose two pounds a week? And then, if you get on your journey and you said you were going to lose a pound, but you only lose half a pound. Okay, great. That's data. Like the working is the winning. You just have to be going forward and if not looking for perfect, looking for that growth mindset. And that's sort of the second component of getting out of that busy effort is really have a growth oriented mindset. Because if you worry about every step you take being perfect, you'll never step. But if you say every step I take can be data, right? If you go and you try a gym workout and it doesn't work, great. That's data. Maybe you have to work out at home or if you set up a home gym and you don't use it, okay, you don't do well at home. What can you do next? Maybe Pilates is better for you. Maybe walking. Maybe you need a walking group. But learning from everything and just being curious and then you're going to – that helps you get unstuck because not every move is so important. And having a plan, like every week, start the week with the plan. You can tweak the plan. Plan A doesn't work, go to plan B. If plan B doesn't work, go to plan C. But start with like, you know, put in your schedule. When are you going to work out? Are you going to have a fitness friend? Um, Are you going to sign up for a sport? And then understand sort of, okay, well, I might fall off the horse on Wednesday or have a dinner event. Like, can I bring a salad to that event? Can I look at the menu before? I go. So it's a lot about just awareness and intention. But your point, I think, is key is just start and then you can tweak because as soon as you start, it's going to change regardless. Like it's never going to go the way that you think it's going to go. So if you try for perfect, you're setting yourself up for failure. We have time for one last point. Can I say shame? No, but you can have guilt, meaning guilt is the problem with an action and shame is when you connect that action to you as a human. So get away from the shame-filled self-talk of, I am a lazy person, I am, right? You can say, I had a lazy moment or I wanna be better at X or I wanna be stronger, Um, but as soon as you connect your actions and your behavior to you as a human, it is completely demoralizing. So it's that same thing with the kid who failed the math test. You don't say to your child, oh my God, you're a stupid 
human, he'll never pass math. You say, well, let's get you a tutor, right? So you don't wash the bad grade under the rug. If you skipped a workout, don't ignore that, but also don't equate it to you as a human. Say, okay, what can I learn from this? Where can I go going forward? That's great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My absolute pleasure. Anytime. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Andrea Donsky, Leanne Macellis, Rosemary Chamello, Shauna Lindzen, and Kathleen Trotter. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by Andrea Donsky and amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighbourhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll discuss bone and joint health, mindfully saving the planet, cooking with an Instant Pot, and getting ready to exercise outdoors for spring. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.